where we learn about fundamentals of prayer. Amen? In this time that we're living in, it is very important for you to have a prayer life. A prayer life, however, is learned. You don't just wake up one day and have one. The Bible says the disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray. Amen? So this time is our prayer time, but we are saying, Lord, teach us to pray. How many of you are ready to learn to pray? Our Holy Ghost Church is a praying church. Amen? And I just want to humbly announce this for the sake of everyone. Prayer begins at 10 a.m. Our teaching begins at 10.15-ish. And in the next coming weeks, respectfully, we will be restricting who can enter the room so we can focus, isn't it? It's okay. So if we miss that 10 to 10.15, just wait until the service begins. Is that uh, good? I think it's important so that you can capture the whole teaching. You understand? So you get the whole teaching. So we've said in the last couple of weeks that there is a body language of prayer. The same way that someone has what is called sign language that communicates to someone who cannot hear. And there is a language that is considered praying in the spirit. That is a spiritual language. Then there is a language that is considered praying with understanding. And right now, the words you're hearing are in English, so I'm talking to you with understanding. Lakini nikigeuza zile maneno ambazo ninasema, amta nielewa kwa sababu naongea kwa Kiswahili. When I change and talk in a different language, you don't understand it because I'm using Swahili, so it's not with understanding. If I talk in Kikuyu, you don't understand because it's in Kikuyu. If I choose another language, it's hard to understand. And the difficulty in understanding does not negate the importance of that prayer. So praying in the Spirit, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Ghost is praying in what is called your spiritual language. People speak many languages and your spiritual language is one of those languages. And we said the physical prophesies the spiritual. Are you in the house? So praying in the spirit, do not mix up what it is. It is your communication to God. You understand? No one has a problem with me speaking Kikuyu, speaking English, speaking uh, Kiswahili, and a little bit of Japanese. I've never been uh, criticized for it. Then why do we criticize people for speaking in tongues? 
if you are spiritual, you do spiritual things. Are you, are you understanding? Speaking in tongues is spiritual and you don't have to understand. We desire to understand. I wish I understood. But as long as I'm speaking to God, he understands. You see? Then we transitioned and said, there are several heavenly languages. And the heavenly language has some English words in it. Or words that we have adapted in our Christian dome and have become like English words. What is one of those words? Hallelujah. Hallelujah is a prayer and a praise put together. So it's a heavenly language. What is another heavenly word? Amen. Amen. The name of Jesus in heaven is what? Amen. Amen. They call him the Amen according to the book of Revelation. The Amen. So when you say Amen, you're speaking a heavenly language. When you say Hallelujah, it's a heavenly language. When you say Holy, it's a heavenly language. You know, heaven is a place of few words. The Bible says that the angels from the beginning of time, they look at him and all they can say is, holy, holy, holy. Heaven is a place of few words. So don't think you need long words in prayer. Sometimes all you need to do is walk and say, holy. All you need to do is just say, holy. All you just need to say is, amen, 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 amen. And that, that, those few words, that's why Jesus said, don't look for many words in prayer. You understand? So then we transitioned and said, let us go into the body language of prayer. And the body language is in what realm? Understanding or not understanding? Which one is it? When you clap your hands, is it with understanding or without? When you lift up your hands, is it with or without? Do you have to understand what you're doing to lift up your hands? No. If I do this, whether I understand it or not, is between me and God. Can we exercise and I see how much you've been learning? If I say, receive the blessing, how do you receive it? Thank you. The blessing is received this way. Palms up. And I gave you the scriptures last week. If I say bless, um, someone is at the front and we're saying pray for them, how do you pray for them? Amen. The Bible says you are the light of the world. So when you stretch your hands out, the light that is in me, in the spiritual realm right now, being spread. Can I tell you how anointed your touch is? The Bible says you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. The light that is in us has a component, a seed component. Are you still with me? Has a seed component. A seed component is in my hands right now. And that seed component comes from my prayer life. And that seed component is a word called virtue. Virtue, virtue, virtue. So when I stretch out my hands as a prayerful man, virtue 
is flowing out of me. When you stretch your hands on your children, virtue is, virtue is the spiritual seed for miracles. Virtue is a spiritual seed for miracles. Jesus, when the woman with the issue of blood touched him, she said, he said, virtue has left me. And the connection to virtue is faith. Are you understanding? And all of this happens through the body. You right now in you are carrying healing power because you're carrying virtue. When you touch something and say, be still, virtue. The business says, I work for the ones I own. I walk in and I just meet people and I say hello. But inside I'm saying I release peace, virtue, prosperity, success, joy. Because there is something in me that is unseen. There is something in you that is unseen. I have very many critical meetings every day. Critical, critical meetings. Meetings that are making significant decisions. And every time I'm walking into the meeting, I think, Lord, let wisdom, virtue flow out of me. So don't think you are ordinary. There are things you cannot see that are in the unseen realm. Are you understanding? And that is the power of prayer. The power of prayer maximizes virtue. Maximizes virtue. It shows you things you cannot see. So we as believers must be okay with the unseen realm. Intercessors, are you in the house? So the same way there is a body language of sign language, and if I do this, what am I saying? Hi. If I smile, what am I saying? Welcoming. Hello, isn't it? If I do, my body is saying something. So your body in praise and worship and prayer is saying something to God. If I was you, that's a good place to clap. Are you understanding? Your body and church, we, you know, we, we naturally have, how many of you naturally have moods and moments? How many of you have moods and moments? How many of you have moods and moments where you I don't I don't want to smile? Let, ooh, let me, how many of you have moods and moments you don't? How many of you have moods and moments I don't want to lift my hands? So don't don't pretend you're too holy. Sometimes these hands ah, I just I don't want to. Yeah. You just, they just, I just, why, why should I dance? Why are, you, why are we dancing so much? Why are we moving so much? But your body language is sending a message. Sending a message. Amen. And to all the husbands in the house, your body language is sending a message. And to all the wives in the house, your Body language is sending a message. Do you know you can disrespect someone by how you look at them? Without saying something. 
The Bible tells us of a principle, then I will go back to this body language, that if someone comes to you with gossip, the Bible says there is a look that tells the gossiper, not me, not me. Go, go try that somewhere else. So my point is there is body language. And we as intercessors need to observe our body language. And last week, Minister Jackie talked about the heart posture. That everything flows out of the heart. Amen? Powerful teaching. Body language. Let's get into the points of the body language. Exodus 9.29. I will read. Moses replied, I will spread out my hands in prayer to the Lord. So one of the body languages is spreading out your hands. If you are an intercessor, you need to be comfortable with spreading out your hands. Amen? You know, you can't just tell people move for moving sake, dance for birth sake. They need, many people look for understanding. But there are things you have to do without understanding. If you're always waiting for inspiration, ah, how do I say it? The virtue is always there. Inspiration comes and goes. Virtue. When I wake up in the morning, there's virtue in me. When I'm in bed, there's virtue. But times I don't feel like praying. It's because there's no inspiration. But virtue is always with us. Are you understanding? I will spread out my hands and pray. One, two, three, let's lift up our hands, spread them out before the Lord. That is intercession, that is prayer. Spread out your hand, that's your body language to God. It's not about your neighbor, it's about you and God. It's not about male or female. It's not about I've been born again for two days, three days. No, no, no. This is my body language of prayer. Amen. Leviticus 9, 22. Aaron lifted up his hands towards the people and blessed them. Lift up your hands in a blessing posture. You lift up your hands and bless. When you walk to your house today, you spread your hands and say this mortgage shall be paid in Jesus' name. You speak when you walk onto a property, you spread. Right now, there is light, there is light flowing this way. There is light flowing this way because you're spreading out your hands. You spread your hands out and bless it. Amen. And when you are married or have children, spread your hands upon your children and bless them and see their lives changing. Amen. First Kings 8, 22 to 23. Solomon stood at the altar of the Lord in front of the whole assembly of Israel and spread out his hands towards the heaven and said, O Lord God of Israel, there is no God like you who keeps your covenant of love with your servants. And then the Bible says they also repeated it. Solomon stood and lifted up his hands towards the heavens. What he was doing is blessing the Lord. Can we exercise a little bit? Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Now add your, add your prayer. Tell the Lord how good he is. Tell the Lord with your words how good he is. Tell him, Lord, you've been good to me. When I look at my family, when I look at my life, when I look at my health, uh, I can surely say you've been good to me. Come on, be like Solomon. Lift up your hands tall and bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Right now there is a ray of light. There is a ray of light that's going into the heavens. And the heavens are being made clear. Beam me up. Beam me up. There is a beam of light. 
reaching the heavens. Put your hands together and bless him. Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 6. Nehemiah 8 6. Are you getting all these scriptures? This teaching will also be available on my podcast on all platforms where the podcast is found. Nehemiah 8 6. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, with lifting up their hands. With lifting up their hands, and they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces on the ground. So the Bible gives us several secrets. The Bible says, and Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. So I will stand like Ezra, and I say, bless the Lord, the great God. What's the response of the people? Lifting up your hands. Amen, amen, amen. Do not feel robotic. This is the body language of your faith. It is, whether we understand it or not, we do it because it's our spiritual language. You understand? And Christianity is the only religion that doesn't have a body language. Muslims sit, legs like this, down looking towards Mecca, and they worship. Hindus, yoga, Krishna, Nirvana. Then why do we as believers not follow the things that have been set for us? There is a body language. The bowing down. Bowing down. Coming to the altar and resting at the altar. Church, you get your worship back, you will get everything back you need in life. I wish I got three amens. Three amens. Did you not eat your breakfast this morning? Did you not eat your breakfast? We are not fasting today. I said you will get your worship back in Jesus' name. Uh, some, of, some of you got it. You will get your worship back in Jesus' name. I don't see lifting of hands. I don't see lift. I said you will get your worship back in Jesus' name. You must not want it that bad. I said you will get your worship back in Jesus' name. I stand like Ezra and declare the worship is coming back into this house, into your house, into your life, into your job, into your future. Your children shall know that you are a worshiper. Your life shall be full of worship in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Have a seat. Have a seat. So there is that lifting of hands, bowing. There is clapping. It's all prayer. It is all prayer. And can I tell you, if you cannot do those things, it is evidence of who you are in prayer. Someone who prays a genuine prayer and has a prayer life, clapping, lifting, bowing down is not a problem. It's not a problem. People who love intercession, 
they are not bothered by these things. But if God himself walked into the room, so I have, I have a, a little bit of authority in the organizations that I lead. And if someone is working or there and I walk in, sometimes you see people adjusting themselves. Adjusting themselves. The other day I walked into the youth service and they all stood up in honor, which is what we should do. Amen? Amen. So, if God walks in, do you know you adjust your pasture for people? You adjust your pasture for people. So, but when you come into the church, you're not willing to adjust your pasture for God. It is spiritual. It's a spiritual problem. Because you do it anyway. It's not something you don't do. You know, one day I saw somebody who says, I'm, I'm not, I, I'm just not, I don't like talking to people. I said, ah, you don't like talking to people? He said, yes. But what they're actually saying is, I may not talk to people publicly but in private they are very talkative <laughs> you missed it so I'll say it again people put on a face I don't like talking to people so that's why I'm have you <laughs> do you know and I'm not picking on the ladies, but this, this goes for the ladies more than the men. There are ladies who look very shy and very nice. <laughs> Just want to mind my own business. <laughs> get to know that girl. Just get to know her a little bit. Looking nice and quiet and and I know I don't like many things. Just... <laughs> Ask somebody who knows her. Ask someone who knows her. It is an adjusted pasture. It's an adjusted pasture that we've learned throughout life. I told you a story and it's well fitted for this example. One of my pastors was getting married in Africa and he chose the quietest girl. Very shy, very praise team, just quiet, just, just, and I don't wanna sing the solo, just wanna be quiet. Come to church, sit down quiet. they got married. And this young pastor, honeymoon night, and that whole week, now they didn't date for long, so he didn't get to discover some openness. But he came back to my office and said, Reverend, 
quiet girl. If I told you what she did, and he said something I'll never forget, she knows things. He said, she knows things. He said, because I tried to educate him how to be, as we talk openly. When you get married, enjoy marriage. Don't be shy. He said, I was not the teacher. She was telling me, just lay there. Just put this hand here. Put this. I was not. I was not the teacher that day. Quiet. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, we, we don't be like that. So, shy on the outside. But on the inside is, they know things. They know things. They know things. <laughs> my, my point is, when we come into the house of God, sometimes we pretend to be things we are not. You're expressive with the devil out there, your friends. But when you come into the house of God, don't want to lift up your hands, don't want to move, don't want to do anything. It is a spiritual deception. It's a spiritual deception. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Job chapter 11 verse 13. And this is where Minister Jackie touched on last week. Yet, if you've devoted your heart to him, when your heart, Job 11.13, I want you to read it. Job 11.13, one, two, three, let's read off the screen. Go. If thou prepared thine heart, if your heart is right towards God, church, you have no problem stretching your hands towards him. So, church, there is a reason why people don't want to do it. It's not that you don't like expressing yourself physically. There is a block. There is something that's blocking you from doing it. And today that blockage is removed in Jesus' mighty name. I said you will worship freely. You will clap your hands freely. You will wave your hands freely. You will worship God freely in the mighty name of Jesus. From this moment on, in Jesus' mighty name, every spiritual blockage, every disappointment, everything that has stopped, go back where we were, everything that has stopped is going to be removed in Jesus' mighty name, to the glory and to the honor of the Almighty God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Psalms 28, verse 2. Are you learning something? All right. We are about to pray here shortly. Psalms 28, verse 2. When you lift up your hands, you are also showing a sign of humility. Hear the voice of my supplications when I cry unto thee, when I lift up my hands towards thy holy oracle. When you lift up your hands, you're telling God, Hear me, hear me. Okay, here's an example. If I said, who has a question? I said, is there anyone with a question? How do you tell me you have a question? You raise your hands. 
So if you could raise your hands in school, what happened when you came to church? You could raise your hands to say, I have a question or I need something. It's the same thing. The Bible says, hear the voice of my supplication. Hear me, Lord, 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 here I am. When you lift up your hands, you're telling God, me, notice me. Another example, the woman with the issue of blood stretched out her hand and touched him. Church, if you don't get used to body language in the spiritual things, you'll miss out on God. Sometimes God puts, uh, I'll give you an example. God says the word for the next move is right here. If I don't walk into this path, I've taught you that God is a God of what? Topos. Topos. Topos as paths or areas of opportunity. It's a Hebrew word for a place. A place. So here, God intends to give me a word when I get here. If I never move there, you never get that word. Elijah, get out of the place you are and go to a place called Zarephath. For I have commanded a widow to feed you there. If Elijah did not go to Zarephath, the brook would have dried and Elijah would have died. Don't, don't ever have the mentality of God, just bless me where I am. It does not work that way. It does, that is why we must be flexible. God told the children of Israel, leave, go to the wilderness. From the wilderness, go here, go there, go there. Be willing to move with God. Don't be too rigid. Are you understanding something? So, the, the, my supplications of my heart is by the lifting of these hands. Amen? Amen. Alright. Next. Next. Psalm 63 verse 4. Psalm 63 verse 4. We have a few minutes left. Make sure you get all these scriptures. Psalm 63 verse 4. Thus I will bless the Lord while I live. How will I bless him? I will lift up my hands in thy name. I will bless the Lord. Can we bless the Lord? One, two, three, bless him. I bless the Lord. I bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Psalm 77 verse 2. Write these points. I need to move a little bit faster. When you are in distress or do you, do you understand what I'm about to say? When, do you understand distress or anxiety? Do you know anxiety? Anxious spirit, anxious soul, anxiety. One of the best ways to rid yourself of anxiety and, and hear me, I have had in my life severe depression. I had depression until it affected my body. It affected me physically. I was, when I came to America and saw my first snow, <laughs> it drove me to serious depression. Because I woke up and the floor was white. If you've never seen it, don't laugh at me. Someone is thinking, should I laugh, should I not laugh? It's okay. I overcame. And, and there were several things that were going on in my life. In Kenya, my, my family 
is uh, very influential. Very, very influential. So came to America and knew nobody. For me, it was a blessing, but also a curse. A blessing because I could mind my own business and I wasn't being put in newspapers and being put all over. They used to put us in headlines and all that nonsense. Um, but America was freeing for me. I could just be me. But also, I did not know how addictive uh, that had become. You understand? So I came here and knew nobody. And I, I was focusing on school. And then a culture shock, because everything in America is opposite. It is. It's opposite. America was built. They said, what do they do? Okay, that's what they do. We will not do that. We'll do the opposite. The doorknob turns this way. We will turn our doorknobs this way. So imagine going around your whole life trying to open doors and can't get in. I got into a group at UT. And in Kenya, you know, my culture is very expressive. Very, man, if we're friends, it's deep. It's, let's hang out. Let's. So one day I went to a friend's dorm and they did not invite me. So I went in, me, I'm, hey, what, what, what? We're in a group, we're talking, can we study? They told me, please, the same door that brought you in, let it take you out, I'm busy. I said, oh, sorry, I thought we were friends now. Anyway, and then I, so a cycle of things is what I'm saying. There was a friend of mine who was, uh, in class, and they, they were going through, I think, a tough time. So I, we didn't have DoorDash or anything like that those days. I was in UT. So I bought them food and took it to their room and um, just to encourage them. And they send it back and said, sorry, I have a boyfriend. I said, what does me helping you have anything to so for me it was a real shock you know and I went into severe depression severe depression and then the winter came and depression came when depression hit it really affected me um, when I came to UT in high school I boxed all my life so good physical health but the food the mix of life and culture Grades began to drop, almost dropping out of school, uh, almost being kicked out of school. And my point is, I was in medicated depression, medicated. Uh, they used to give me these medicines. And in that medicated depression, I started to seclude myself and things like that. And anxiety settled in. Anxiety very badly settled in. Uh, anxiety in the night, anxiety. And one of the ways I started fighting anxiety was I would wake up and lift up my hands and say, Lord, I love you. I love you. I know you know where I am. I know you know where my life is. When I feel that heaviness coming, I will literally wake up and walk in prayer and begin to... I, I wasn't even as saved as I am now. I tell God how much I love him, how much I care for him, and just talk to God. I have, I have my journal notes, my notes of 
of that period of my life. I'm a, I write a lot. So I wrote in my journal. And one day in prayer, God broke it off. Amen? But the body, my body language, I believe, was a key to freedom. Don't let depression bring your body down. The Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord. So, in the day my heart is troubled, I saw the Lord. My soul, my, my soul ran in the night and ceased not. My soul fused to be comforted. Use when in distress, when in distress, next, you lift up your hands. And that is a connection with heaven. Amen? Yeah. And the best way to avoid being distressed is learn how to continuously lift up your hands. Yes, Lord, I love you. I love you. So depression goes when your body language changes. Amen? Yes. Psalms 134 verse 2. Two more minutes. And we'll pray for 60 seconds, and then the next service will begin. Psalms 134, verse 2, the house of God or the sanctuary of God is a place of lifting up the hands. Psalms 141, verse 2, may my prayers be set before you like incense. May the lifting of my hands. <laughs> Psalms 141, Psalms 141. Are you in the house? Look at this. Let my prayers be set forth before thee as incense and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. When you lift up your hands, it says the evening sacrifice. That's sweet. The Bible says the evening sacrifice is a sweet aroma. Lifting up your hands. Lifting up. Look at this. Keep going. Gets better. Look at this. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. Keep the door of my lips. Watch, watch, watch over my mouth. Incline not my heart to any evil thing, to practice wicked works with the men of the works of iniquity. And let me not eat their deities. Keep going. Let the righteous smite me. Let the righteous smite me. It shall be a kindness. And let him reprove me. It shall, not be a, shall, it shall be an excellent oil which shall not be broken. Which shall not break. Shall be. For yet my prayer also shall be in their calamities. Keep going. When their judges are overthrown, in stony places, they shall hear my words, for they are sweet. Verse 7 is where I want to get to. Our bones are scattered at the grave's mouth, and when one cutteth and cleaveth wood upon the earth. What is the psalmist saying? 
The psalmist lifts up his hands and said, Lord, hear my words. Protect my words. And then he says, with the lifting of my hands, let this be as incense and the evening sacrifice. Church, we are going to talk about bones next week and why people shake in prayer. Why God shakes people in prayer. Because God is bringing deliverance in this house. And it's important. I thought I'd get a few more amens. I thought I'd get a few more amens. And when you begin feeling heat, shaking, and all those things, you need to understand what they are. But for now, the Lord is telling us, lifted hands, bowing hearts, great amens.